Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father God. Lord, what a blessed study, Father God, that you blessed me with, Father God, to study about the history and so many things, Father. Lord, what a richness is there, Father God, when we read about your hands reviving us, Father God. Your victorious hands, Father God, will never disappoint those who come to you, Lord. But Lord, you have placed the if before us, the things that we need to do. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for the depth, Lord, that you are teaching us, Lord, through these topics, Father God, to become exclusively yours, Father. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you will revive us, Father, as we come and seek your face, Lord. Lord, as we come and seek your goodness, as we come and seek you in your word, Father God, as we seek you in our quiet time, Father God, that you will revive us, Father God, where we need revival in our lives, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, for your holy presence, Father God, to take lead over this time, Father God, and to speak to each one of us, Lord, the way you want us to hear, Father God. Lord, you translate, Lord, this message in a way, Father God, that you want us to receive this message, Father God. I pray for your blessing over this message, Father God, and I pray, Father God, for your presence, Lord, to work in each one of our hearts and minds, Lord, as we listen to it, Father. The most precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So God's right hand will revive us. There is no if and but in that. 100% he will revive us. So what is reviving means? What is revival means? True revival is the awakening in our lives of God's love to such a degree that our hearts burst with his love and we have to share it. That is an awakening in our lives. There is no cheap grace in revival. Revival exchanges self-indulgence for self-denial. So what does revival do? It exchanges self-indulgence for self-denial. So the question is, how can you know whether you need revival? So my question back to you, you is, do you look for the signs that the fire in you is burning low? When church dinners are better attended than prayer meetings, when we have little or no desire for prayer, when we would rather make money than give money, when our Christianity is joyless and passionless, when we have truth in our heads but do not practice it in our lives, when we make little effort to witness to the lost, when church services are predictable and we do business as normal, when our singing is half-hearted and our worship is lifeless, when our prayers lack fervency, when we are content to live explainably ordinary Christianity, when the lost world around us doesn't know or care that we exist, exist and when we make little or no difference in the world around us, when we do not love him as we once did, you need revival, I need revival. These are the signs that the fire is burning very low. Revival is something that we will always be need in our, in our life, no matter how mature we are in the faith, no matter how victorious a Christian life we lead. We will never get to the place where we do not need a fresh touch from God. This is what revival is all about. It is not just a time to reach the lost and restore the wayward, but it is time to refresh the faithful. 
God shares with people over and over in his word what brings revival. When my people return to me, when my people turn from their wicked ways, turn from their sins and call upon my name, then I will hear, then I will heal, then I will set you free, then will I pour out my spirit upon them. Solomon had just completed the temple which was the desire of his father's heart, but God would not allow David to build it. Solomon was considered to be a successful as a king for his great accomplishment. God comes to Solomon and puts his blessing on Solomon's efforts and says that he will dwell in the temple. And it was God's intention that the, that the temple be there forever and that he would be Israel's God for all time. But God puts a warning before Solomon about the nature of humanity, about the nature of the Hebrew people. And that was one of disobedience and rebellion against God. And God instructs Solomon when rebellion and disobedience happens and I'm chast chast chastising the pe people, the nation, here is what you can do to bring about a revival within the nation. And that's what God says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 10 to 16. He says, on the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, rejoicing with the happy hearts for the goodness the Lord had done from, for David, for Solomon, and for his people Israel. So Solomon finished the Lord's temple and the royal palace. Everything that had entered Solomon's heart to do for the Lord's temple and for his own palace succeeded. The Lord's response in verse 12, the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said, said to him, I have heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. If I choose the sky so there is no rain, if I close the sky so there is no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people. And verse 14, he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sins and will heal their land. God says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. But we must also notice that the very first word in the passage of scripture in verse 14 is that if. So God is laying a condition and if we meet God's condition, then he will grant us the promised blessing. If we humble ourselves, if we pray, if we see God's face and turn from the sinfulness that we each have inside of us. If we realize that the need is for us, that we need to do these things. And if we do these things with an earnest desire, then God will hear. He's not asking anything from you. He's asking you to repent and return to him. Then God will hear, then God will forgive, then God will heal or restore us to the spiritual life and health and power that we, that belong, that God has promised for us. So revival, it takes self-examination, something that we don't necessarily want to do. Verse 6, and when we do that, verse 15 and 16 says, my eyes will now be open and my ears attentive to prayer from this place. And I have now chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there at all times. So our duty is to humble ourselves before God and seek his face in prayer. It is our responsibility and duty to confess sin and seek God's face. It's God's and it is God's responsibility to bring about revival in us, to revive us when we pray and seek God's face. 
it is god that does the work revival will not come without us prostrating ourselves before god and confessing our sins and praying for forgiveness and direction revival will not come until we truly seek the face of god and submit in obedience to the plans and purpose of god we must turn away from the things that is displeasing to god we must turn away from backbiting from from having small small differences from gossip from thinking we are better than others from getting even with someone from doing our own thing from ignoring god's call and desire we must lay things at the altar this is about jacob from genesis chapter 35 jacob when he was down in shechem when the lord told him to arise and go to bethel jacob had to call his family together and have a meeting he shared with them what god had said and he shared with them what they had to do they had to give up their false gods and idols if they wanted to go where god was leading them and jacob took their household gods and buried them under a old oak tree and they had a funeral for those household gods so what does revival means that we need to have funeral of those things that is obstructing our relationship with our god we only need to do what jacob's sons and daughter did that day they put away their strange gods and as they put their many idols away then god came and visited them and the breath of god came upon them and they were revived we need the breath of heaven in our lives and the only way is to put away the things in our life that are hindering god from coming into our life and we need to call out to god god will you revive us again that your people may rejoice in you one characteristic of revival is a weighty manifestation of god's presence the promise in james 4 it says draw near to god and he will draw near to you revival is a time when god draws near to his people with an exceptional manifestation of his presence and rapid advancement of his kingdom when the conditions stated in the first phrase of this verse are met the fulfillment of the second part is certain so first we need to draw near to him and definitely he will draw near to us so how are we to draw near to god the bible answers this question with um, with example of both positive and negative on the negative side what happens when people come close to god in wrong ways when the ark of the covenant was captured by the philistines in 1 chapter 1 samuel chapter 5 they drew near to god by drawing near to the ark which represented god's presence but the result was judgment not blessing they were near to god what would have happened to an old testament jew who aggressively walked into the holy of holies he would have instantly died and that is king ujaya king ujaya tried tried drawing near to god without a without the requisite fear of the lord and he was struck with leprosy drawing near to god with the wrong attitude of heart is not only ineffective it can be disastrous and these examples illustrate that fact that there is a right way and a wrong way to approach to god so how should we draw near to god james 4:6 god resists the proud 
if we do not humble ourselves before god we hinder our intimacy with god the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom that is psalm 111 verse 10 without a deep regard for who god is it is impossible to live close to him in our approach to god we must be poor in spirit the poor in spirit bow humbly before god recognizing their utter dependence upon him and during the welsh revival the prayer was bend me lord bend me those people discovered the blessedness of being poor in spirit if you think you deserve revival you will not have it if you feel your deep need for god then he can work in your midst isaiah chapter 57 verse 15 declares the relationship between humility god's presence and revival for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity whose name is holy i dwell in the high and holy place with with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones the haughty are not revived the proud are not revived the self righteous are not revived the broken and contrite are revived in the presence of the holy one so we are often surprised by where revival breaks out and the people god uses in revival because god works in a mysterious way he won't work in a way that you and i think that he should work in new testament when philip told nathanael about the move of god in galilee through jesus nathanael's response was can anything good come out of nazareth that's not where nathanael expected god to me god to move that's not how nathanael expected god to move as well revival was not taking place where nathanael thought it would and it was not taking place the way nathanael thought it would happen philip's response to nathanael nathanael is priceless he says in john chapter john chapter 1 verse 46 come and see for yourself at the beginning of the 20th century i'm giving i'm talking about this because i did have the privilege to study the history that has happened the revival has happened throughout uh, the uh, is recorded and how it happened before so in um, at the beginning of the 20th century god advanced the pentecostal revival through an uneducated one-eyed black preacher named william seymour with all the sophisticated reverence in america why did god choose this most unlikely of all candidates because god found a man who was poor in spirit the place god did this was in a horse stable the river of god runs in the valleys and not on the mountain peaks and the and being poor in spirit is the first qualification he looks for and one of the dangers we face when living for the lord for a long time is a subtle development of spiritual pride that we have walked faithfully with the lord we have served him and served others we have denied ourselves at times not always we have fought a few battles and endured a few trials for his name sake if we are not careful to give god the glory for that we can easily develop an entitlement mentality and that entitlement mentality will disqualify us for revival that's why 1 peter chapter 5 verse 6 says therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time 
So because you know him, because he's using you, because he's worked through you, don't develop a spiritual pride. And when you have that, you are being, you are blocking the revival God has intended for you. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Peter told, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So if you have a hardness of heart and an un unwillingness to repent of sin, it is an obstacle to revival. A, a sincere mourning over our sins invites time of refreshing. It puts people in a receptive mode for God's comfort and revival. You can pray all night and go on extended fast, which are good things to do. But if the heart is not surrendered, surrendered to God and his ways, the breakthrough will not come. Why am I saying that? In, in Luke chapter 18, verse 12, we read about the Pharisees of Jesus' day. They prayed often and they fasted twice a week. Revival was all around them, but they did not experience it. Revival is interested to those who are trained in the school of humility and meekness. Again, I was talking about um, 1 Samuel, where we see how Wujia handled the Ark of the Covenant. When God's glory comes down, people are revived, but interacting with the glory of God is a very delicate matter. When Wujia took hold of the Ark, the anger of the Lord was provoked and God struck him dead. And he was not meek towards God. So there is two examples I gave. One is Ujja and one is King Uz Uziah. And this is a quote from Keith Green. He challenges the lethargic church to holy action. He asks, how can you be so dead when you are being so well fed? How can you be so dead when you have been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus rose from the grave, and you, you can't even get out of a out of bed. That is a very powerful and challenging quote. So this is the challenge to the lethargic church, lethargic Christians to a holy action. He asks, "How can you be so dead when you have been so well fed?" Jesus rose from the grave and you, you can't even get out of bed. Hunger will get us out of bed and into the proper prayer posture. And it is a hunger who get, and it is a hungry who will, who are going to get filled. It is a hungry who will experience revival. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, our Lord said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. And another thing from Psalms 51, verse 10 to 13, David was pleading for a personal revival in his life because he had lost the joy of his salvation and he was looking for a God to restore his joy over his salvation. Why did he pray that? Because the zeal of God's house was not eating him up. The zeal of the flesh was eating him up, had eaten him up. That is what David prayed that prayer. Until we are passionate for God, we can never experience revival. This is one of the revival that happened in 1904. 
In 1904, a young ministry student named Evan Roberts began to feel that God was sending an urgent message that he was going to pour out a mighty spirit of revival in on Wales, which is now a part of Great Britain. Roberts began attending various revival meetings and during one, he was deeply moved by the spirit. As he prayed at the altar, he cried out to God, bend me, O Lord. This was a complete and total surrender of his will to God's will. Robert soon returned to his home church to preach the message of revival, but his pastor was reluctant to allow him to speak. In a compromise, the pastor announced that Robert would be speaking following the regular prayer meeting and anyone who wished to stay were welcome. Only 17 people stayed to hear Evan speak and most of them were teenagers and young adults. Evan Roberts spoke in that church for nearly two hours with a simple four-point message that he was convinced could help God bring revival, confess all known sin to God, deal with and get rid of any doubtful area of your life, be ready to obey the Holy Spirit instantly and confess Christ publicly. His message of revival was centered to the gospel and it was not centered upon him. When Roberts was finished speaking, all 17 young people were at the altar on their knees, crying out to God. They prayed until 2 a.m. that night, and it was the beginning of one of the greatest moments, movements of God in all history. By the end of the week, over 60 people were won to Christ, and over the course of, course of next one and a half years, revival swept through the nation of Wales. Over one million people were led to uh, over 100,000 people were led to saving faith in Jesus Christ. The revival was so great that the na national culture in that area changed dramatically. Bankruptcies took place because the liquor stores were going out of business. The entire uh, police force were dismissed for almost 18 months because there was no crime. And when people came to court, they admitted their mistakes. And that is what revival will look like in you. That is what revival will look like in me. You might say that you are in Christ, but Christ is asking us to be a blazing fire, not just to be like a glowing ember here and there. There are two things that will draw a crowd, a fire and a fight. And in revival, both things happen. There is a fire and there is a fight. We fight with sin and the devil. And it starts a fire in our hearts. And we commit our life to Christ. And that is what will, revival will do. If there is no fire and no fight in your life, then you need a revival. One of the great personal revivals in the Old Testament was with a king named Manasseh. You can see in uh, 2 Chronicles, there, was, there were few kings more evil than Manasseh and God brought judgment upon him just as he promised. The Babylonians came and literally put a hook in his nose and drug him and took him to Babylon. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 12 to 13, he says, now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And he prayed to him and he received his entreaty 
God heard his supplication and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. So the main thing, we need to be poor in spirit. We need to humble ourselves. We need to be meek in our spirit. We need to confess. We need to repent. And God will give the revival in our heart. We need to hunger for that. If we don't hunger, then we cannot have revival. If you are not choosing to fight, you cannot have revival. If you are willing to live in a little bit of ember, glowing ember in the coal here and there, you cannot encounter a revival. He will revive us. But for that, we need to change. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Father God, for showing us, Lord, where we are slothful, Lord, where we are not burning for you, Father God. Lord, give the Lord our heart. Let the cry of our heart be for a revival in our lives, Father God. Lord, you come and revive us, restore us, make us brand new, Father God. Lord, we pray, Father God, that we don't want to be, Lord, like Jacob, Lord, in Shechem. We don't want to remain there like Jacob did. How he buried, Lord, everything that was between you and him, Lord, under the old oak tree, Lord. Help us, Father God, to bury that. Unless we don't bury it, we cannot claim the land that you have called us. You have inherited, you have given us for us, Father God. To claim that new land, to claim that new fire for you, to claim the new life for you. We need to have a funeral service in our life, Father God. Lord, help us, Father God. To have a funeral service, Father God, of the things that are an hindrance between you and us, Father God. Lord, help us, Father God, to be obedient to the holy calling, Father God. Lord, I pray, Father God, you are calling us to the trip, Lord, to make the trip to Bethel, Lord. But we are sitting here in Shechem, Father God, with the filthy idols in our hands, Lord. Lord, give us the thirst, give us the hunger, Lord, to come on this holy trip to you, to Bethel, Father God. Lord, you have paid such a great price, Father God. Then how can we, Lord, be lethargic, staying in our bed without praying for the lost? Lord, I pray, Father God, make us, Lord, to come and walk with you, Father God, to finish the race well, Father God. Lord, let revival come into our lives, Father God. Let revival come into our church, in our families, in our nation. Lord, I pray, Father God, may your breath of newness come upon us, Father God. Lord, we plead for your, your gift of revival in each one of our hearts. The people that you are using, that we will not be careless, Father God, that you are using us, Father. We will not give in to spiritual pride, Father God, but we will see the need for you in each and every area of our life, Father God. Come, Lord, revive us again, Father God. Lord, make us to arise, Father God, to the level that you have intended us to be, us to be, Father God. You want us to be in Bethel, but we are in Shechem. Lord, give our hearts, Lord, the courage, Father God. Give our minds, Lord, the fire, Lord, in our soul, Father God. To let go of everything, Lord, and to bury the things in Shechem, Lord, under the old oak tree, Father God. So that, Lord, we can walk with you to Bethel, Father God. So that, Lord, we can see you reviving us, Father God. So that the nation around us will know that you are the God who is in our midst, Father God. You are the God who is in us, who is ruling us, Father God. 
Lord, I pray, Father God, help us not to be careless, Father God, as we approach you, Father. Give us, Lord, a humble heart. Give us, Lord, a meek spirit. Make us to hunger for you, Lord. Make us, Lord, to be poor in spirit, Father God. And I pray, Father, help us, Lord, to see the revival in us and through us, Lord, people's life being transformed, Father God. Lord, I pray, Father God, help us to see the need for revival, Father God, whether we are living a victorious life right now. Let us not take carry us away, Father God. Give us the hunger and thirst for you, Father. Lord, I submit, Father God, our group to you, Father God. And make our group and each one of us, Lord, to turn to you. Turn away from our wicked ways, Lord. Turn away from our sins, Lord, and to return to you and to call upon your name, Father God. With a humble heart, Father. And I pray, Father God, for your holy presence, Father God, to revive us. Yes, God's right hand will revive us. When we return to you with humility, with meekness, with poor in spirit. Lord, I pray you bless us with these qualities in our life, Father God. That, Lord, we will not be a glowing umber, Father God, but we will be a fire for you. Help us to fight and help us to live in fire for you, Father God. That is revival. May our lives be marked by with fight and fire, Father God. I pray all of this, Lord, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.